This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Welcome to the B-Sotted Pride of West London podcast. We're coming live and direct from the virtual boozer once again. We've uh, yeah, we've we've come we've come back to uh, back to home um, after a fair few weeks on the travels. We had a very very late night on Sunday at the Besotted um, end of season social. Um, I don't really think we could face any more beers if we're being honest with you. So um, we've uh, we've gone for the safety of home. Um, so with me tonight in the virtual boozer, we have Liberal Nick Carthew. How are you, Liberal Nick? Yeah, I'm good. I'm good. I'm really sorry I wasn't able to uh, make the social. It sounded like it was brilliant fun. I'm looking forward to hearing perhaps through the summer some of the recordings of the stuff that you might have made. Cause, uh... Yeah, there was, a, there was a lot of sad people there that when they found out you weren't there. So um, it, was, it, was, it was a great night, but it was tinged with sadness. Uh, that's that's good to hear. That's good to hear. I'm sure. I'm sure that you probably sold more tickets without me being there. And also, also with us in the virtual boozer is Jim Levac. Hello, Jim. How are you, mate? Hello, Dave. Yeah, not too bad. Was there, was anyone upset? I wasn't there. Or... Um, well, there was a few. There was a few people that were just like made some some inquiries and asked <laughs> to do one of the um, one of the speaking slots. For, for I'd love to. If, I, I like like uh, Nick. So I'd we just we just chuck them. We chuck them out. Immediately, and um, <laughs> withdrew, withdrew membership from them. Yeah. Oh, I would have uh, loved to have been there to, to meet Francis Joseph, one of my one of my all-time heroes, legend. Yeah, it was. I mean, you know, now it's all over and done with. We're not trying to plug it. You know, we we can reflect on you know what a good night it was. It's just it was just great seeing so many old players there just having fun together you know yeah. obviously seeing a mix with um the fans and seeing you know being really accessible having a beer with people and you know none of that kind of player um fan kind of arm's length you get when they're actually playing once they've retired it seems to be um you know they're just like you know they they, they, they were just felt very humble and very kind of not grateful that sounds that sounds a bit too much but just kind of really happy to be remembered and to be invited down so Francis Joseph um and Gary Roberts I didn't I didn't know I mean I knew they were teammates and I knew they went back I didn't know that they've been playing in youth team football and they were absolutely thick as thieves they were just like but sparking off of each other all evening crying laughing taking the piss um 
and Billy Billy Manuel and Graham Benstead again, you know, just like having a having a good old natter. Um, Alan Cochran turned up, um, which you know he looked he looked as good as ever. Um, but very dapper in a in a, in a kind of a, um, a nautical outfit. He wasn't dressed up as a sailor boy, but he had a, he had like a he had like a captain's blazer on with a hanky out there. It was, and they were taking yeah. out of him wearing that, and then Nigel was there looking looking a million dollars as well. So uh, yeah, no, it was it was uh, it was funny. And, um, That's yeah. the thing, though, isn't it? Over over the years, we've had some some real characters play for the club, and you know they, they were individuals who made the club what it is. Really, it's not you know it's not just the club; it's the people connected with the club, and that includes the players. And I think we're very lucky to have people like that. I mean, you look at the current crop, people like Lassa Vibi, you know, he's the same. He's a character, isn't he? You know, nice guy. He is. And I think what we found, I mean, all of the players that were there, um, they all played for for other clubs. They all went on elsewhere, but they they come back. And it's it's Brentford they remember most fondly. And I, I don't think they're just saying it. And I, and I think when, when um, when as you say, you know, let's use Lassa Vibi as an, as an example. I think... You know, in 10 years' time, once he's retired or what have you, he, he will come back and he will remember what a special football club this is. And they all said it, and it's not its not us being sort of, you know, rose-tinted nostalgia. It's, it's actually true, you know. Mm. There, is, there is something very special about this club. And um, so, yeah, so we, we kind of reveled in it till 3.30 in the morning. Then we, really? we, we watched Gary Roberts break dancing on the floor and trying to bust his neck. <laughs> Then we, could, we decided that was probably the best time to call it a day. <laughs> was he gasping after? I mate, the amount he drank, he couldn't have been gasping. I don't yeah. think, I don't think anyone could be thirsty after that. It was, yeah. it was uh, impressive. Let's put it that way. <laughs> so yeah, so, so that was that was the um, Sunday night after the Saturday. Saturday was a, a really good day as well. Obviously, um, Fulham. Um, so you know, let's go back to the uh, boozers after the game. Um, and uh, hear what the fans saw coming away from the Brighton Cottage, um, because again, it was just a, a, another pretty impressive performance. So anyway, let's let's uh, let's hear what the fans saw after the game. Yeah, really good result. Right, we saw it early on. We can't fool ourselves. This Fulham side are a good side. They had the space in the first half, but we really saw them up in the second half. Really quality performance by the boys. You've got to be really pleased. This Fulham side's got a long way. Thinking that we can hold that fucking quality. As long as we don't lose to these lot, I'm happy. I mean, the game today, I mean, we've got to say it with through critically. Fulham look half decent side, didn't they? They are. This season, they are. But they're scum at the end of the day. So as long as they don't win. But at the end of the day, it's 1-1 and we'll take the point. We, we've got nothing to play for. As long as we better last season, that's the main thing. We had, we had a couple of young, we had quite a few young players especially in there as well. Zane, especially Zane. That's nice to see that though. Bringing young players in, that's, a, that's nice to see it. Pretty good. good. Good performance all round. Great game, great atmosphere. Really good. How do you think of Fulham today? Very good. I think they, they're going to do well in the playoffs. I think. Uh, I mean, they, they did punish it, no, tried to yeah, punish they, us, didn't they? They did, they did try. They were a bit unlucky, perhaps, some people might say, but good, good for us. Shouldn't be, as they should have been. They spent their crap, aren't they? <laughs> <laughs> and we beat Rangers no, last week. No, don't mince your words, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, you know, we did well last week and this week. You know, it's good, isn't it? Uh, I'm, I'm happy with the point, I'll be honest. Fulham were the better side, if you ask me, honestly, but it's good we got assist we had that we didn't lose the time game. They were a good side, and I thought we was back back against the wall. And, I, you know, I thought we played well. I thought we played well, and I thought we showed character. 
real character. You know, I mean, what? One all, yeah. And, uh, and for me, Harley Dean's been our player of the season, and he's led and he's got real character. You know, and I thought I thought we played well today. Got the Nathan Cain in the house, and uh, he likes to do a bit of comedy, but that game weren't no comedy at all, was it? It was intense, bruv. <laughs> Swing. <laughs> it was, though. But they're full of, like, and he keeps saying it, and everyone's sort of thinking, oh, you're giving them props to our rivals, but Fulham's were all right, though, weren't they? Mm, through gritted teeth. Yeah. They, 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 but they were, though, weren't they? They were a yeah, good team. Yeah, they were all right. I think but they but they have to win the playoffs. If they get in there, they have to win. At the end of the day, if they don't win it, they'll mean nothing. Oh, we're going to see them next year, don't we? Yeah. They win the playoffs. <laughs> <laughs> next season, how are you feeling after seeing what's been going on here today and and and, and these last couple of months? Um, you know what? I was saying this before to my brother. I think with the players we've got now, with a few additions, next year it could be special. I, I, I honestly think that. I think we've got. If, if you have to ask me, you know, what what. He needs to be added. I would say maybe another striker um, and a midfield beast to play alongside Woods. I think Woods is the heartbeat. I think that showed today because we missed him. Um, get a midfield beast, another striker. With the same players that we've got now, I think next year it could be special. Your beast. Comedy beast. <laughs> so I've got the Fulham boy in the house here and... Uh, you, you, your heart has been fluttering for the last 45 minutes anyway, wasn't it? It was indeed, yeah, particularly for the last 10. That was, um, that was uncomfortable, yeah. And what, I mean, tell me, why was it uncomfortable? Because from us, I mean, we saw Fulham first half, you were looking fairly decent, weren't you? Yeah, no, I, I thought we controlled the game in the first half. You know, we got the penalty, which, of course, we missed. Um, and then in the second half, Brentford sort of kept the, kept the ball well um, played the ball nicely walked walked through our midfield pretty much every opportunity they got and um, re- really deserved, deserved to get a second goal in the, in the second half I'd say You know I, I think that's a fairly accurate um, account of the match I think um, you know I was surprised by the Fulham fans thinking you know he, he was quite sure that we should have won it I thought it was fairly even I think you know we could have been we could have been sort of well well behind at half time and um we didn't you know we didn't I didn't think at any stage really looked like we we were going to actually win it but I, I thought you know we, we really more than equipped ourselves what did you two gents think of the afternoon I yeah, didn't I genuinely thought it was a game of two halves. I mean, <clears throat> first half, we didn't really come out. We didn't sort of... Uh, a couple of the, the players seemed to be a bit nervous. Um, you know, it, it, it was a big game. The crowd were up for it. Even the Fulham fans were those awful clappers. And perhaps we'll come on to Matthew Benham's tweet later. But uh, congr- congratulations on him for Matthew for banning clappers ever from the, the from the ground, whether it be Griffin Park or Lionel Road. Um, yeah, I mean, I think... I think probably the score line and the performances actually reflected where the two teams are in the league. Um, you know, Fulham are in the playoffs. Are they good enough to go up? I'd be interested to hear what Jim's views are on that one. Um, but uh, definitely we are we're, we're up and around there. Just with the addition of a couple of players, as we keep discussing over the course of uh, in the course of the summer, as we keep discussing, um, we should be well able to be a playoff team next year. Um, but for, I ought to also apologise because last week you remember we discussed Player of the Year, and much to some people's surprise, I uh, nominated Harley Dean as my Player of the Year. I think the accolades that I gave him um, rather uh, went to his head because um, he, that probably the goal Fulham scored 
he he might have been able to do better. But I'm sure that was a rare mistake from Harley. So I apologise oh, yeah. if I put if I put him off his game. Blimey, blimey, that's what you're going to rescind your player of the year for for that. No, 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 no. I'm not going to rescind it. No, I just apologise to Harley for heaping all the pressure that my nomination of him as player of the year made. And quite obviously, quite obviously it got to his performance on Saturday. I think the kind of pressure that he would like to heap upon you is not that kind of pressure. It's probably from his knuckles. <laughs> there's, there's always an elephant in the room. Yes. So, yeah. So, yeah. Jim, you know, um, it, you know, it wasn't that bad you know would you would you know it wasn't like a player of the year changing performance by anyone there was it no i mean i, I you know you look at the, the fulham game um when you consider that we didn't have our regular left back we didn't have our right back we didn't have my nomination for player of the season uh ryan woods in there um you know i mean it, he's a joy to to play in the same team as i would imagine because he's always available and that you know is he, um, is, he, is he is he even better than you jim oh yeah yeah definitely definitely better than me Why, mate? you must be good it's a different position though dave to you know to be fair isn't it um, <laughs> <laughs> but no i mean I, I thought you know given the fact that we were away from home against a side who you know, coming back to what Nick said, I think we'll actually do very well in the playoffs. I mean, they are football-wise the best side I think I've seen this season. Uh, they've got pace, uh, they've got uh, invention, they've got Kearney in the middle there who, who makes everything tick. And when they've got uh, the striker back, I mean, he was suspended against us, which I suppose evened things up a little bit. But you know, on the on the face of it, I think a point each was probably a fair result but I think they'll actually do quite well in the playoffs and you know but it's testimony to how far we've come that we can go there with with an understrength side um you know and and people who maybe say Dean Smith is is or was tactically naive you know his his switch that he made of bring putting Romain Sawyers back in to sit in front of the defense I thought was was a master stroke and that that did make us a lot more solid second half um, and yeah, good, good, positive point, and a, and a lot of positives to come from it. And you know, I'm just glad that they're not just letting the season fizzle out. Really, they're, they're still yeah. going for going for points. You know, and going back to you know a similar, you know, similar vein. Um, you know, I, I've looked back at the, I've looked back at you know very closely at the video video highlights, and um, you know there was some amazing dribbling going on. There were some just amazing skills, but you know, as I, I was saying last week, you would really wouldn't want to see your mum doing that, would you? <laughs> well, not really, because she's no longer with us. But <laughs> no, I know what you mean. I mean. I, I t- I'll tell you what, to, to see, there were a couple of things that I'm, I wish they'd picked up on um, in the in the little clips that uh, the club do. But there are a couple of incidents out on the right second half where Hotter's just made absolute mugs of them. You know, and he, he is, he's just a different class. It's, it's so important that we try to keep him for next season because um, they, they were terrified of him. Yeah, they, I mean, they, and rightfully, I mean, you know, he, he really is our, uh, you know, he's, he's our best player. He's our best player and he's the one that, you know, you put two on. And, you know, it, it does give other people space. Um, I thought, you know, we again, we looked a very good side or, or Joseph Zoom came on again and he had a massive impact on, on, on the game. 
um, you know, it, it's it, 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 he proved that he was is well worth signing. We we, we have to sign. I, I, I think being, well, I can't see there's any way that they'll be sort of questioning a decision if I'm honest with you. So whether they give him three or five years, I would I would be thinking rather than uh, rather than anything else. So um, yeah. you know, we'll see we'll see over the next the next few weeks. I would have thought. He's um, quick, isn't he? He's quick. Oh God, and, uh, he's, quick and he's quick and he's direct. And and I think with a little bit more, um, I won't say he's shooting practice, but you know, I just think he gets himself in great positions. And I think that he'll add that to his game. Um, but he doesn't seem to be. He's not that selfish either. He he doesn't seem to be sort of hell bent getting a shot in. Um, he, he does look up as well. So you know, from what I've seen, um, he's head and shoulders above some of the lone players we've got in. Let's talk about the clappers because Fulham really did embarrass themselves, didn't they? You know, is there ever any excuse for that kind of behaviour in a football ground, Jim? If if your own fans and you can't produce enough atmosphere without those things, then I think there's something seriously wrong. Um, you know, and and before the game when we got there, that the, I didn't sort of hear the clappers that much. The music was loud. Their PA announcer seemed a lot more invigorated than he was the previous season, obviously because they're doing quite well. Now, when you're playing that kind of football, that should be enough, in my opinion. And, you know, again, it's another thing that it's the sort of dumbing down and sort of like Americanisation of of the game. We, we, as a club, Brentford don't need that. And as Nick said, I was absolutely delighted when I saw uh, Matty Benham's tweet. You know, it's, it's saying... If anyone who didn't see it, he was basically telling uh, Mark Devlin never to order the things because mm. they are. There's just no need for them, and they they take away. It's, it's it's they take away from the natural atmosphere of a football match, um, okay, and they're, then they're similar to a drum, really. Try, just to play devil's advocate slightly, Leicester City did that throughout the whole of the last season, and they didn't get slaughtered for that. So, is it just because it's Fulham we're saying it's crap, or is it just crap, Nick? I'm I'm in two minds about it. I mean, I think I think you should be good enough as a crowd to generate your own atmosphere. Um, and I reckon that they wouldn't work at Griffin Park definitely because we're that the, the, there is enough atmosphere around. Um, some stadiums. I mean, thinking of some of the away trips we've made. You know, Wigan, for instance, they could definitely do with the clappers. I'd rather have clappers than that bloody drum going on all the time. But what? What? Okay, let's. Let's take it to the extreme. Why don't we just go the whole hog and just everyone have a proper old school air horn? And <laughs> that would, that would really, I mean, that would, unannounced, that would that would take the wind out of the sails of any, just going down there where someone's about to take a shot and it's like, just a colossal. Well, of course, the real, the real reason why you need to have clappers is because you have those all-seater stadiums. I mean, it is, an, it is a genuine fact that you go to an all-seater stadium and the atmosphere is worse than where people can stand. I mean, you know, again, going back to Griffin Park, because the away fans can stand, because we've got the Ealing Road Terrace, there is a real proper atmosphere generated. And that's very difficult to get going when you have an all-seater stadium, particularly when you have a... And it, it, it's even worse, actually, when you have a capacity crowd and people have to sit in the seats that they're allocated because then you break up the groups of people who might want to chant might want to get a bit of atmosphere going they're dotted around the stadium rather than being congregated in one place which is what you can do with standing so that's why you we need to bring back safe standing into all all uh, of football asap 
But to be fair, you know, we, we've we've complained about the atmosphere at Griffin Park this this season at times, and admittedly, when it's good, it's it's, it's brilliant. And but when it when it's flat, it, it kind of you know there's there's times where we've we've said you know we should be we should, we should be expecting a better a better kind of um, more intimidating atmosphere. You know, the, the sometimes the the four thousand fans that weren't coming five years ago, you kind of question. Are they just standing there watching, expecting goals, or, or are they actually sort of giving their heart and soul, giving everything to get in behind the team? When we're when we're when the volume at Griffin Park's cranked up, which it obviously was against QPR, um, was against Leeds, was against Derby, because you know there was really scintillating football being played. Again, I, mean, I wouldn't really want to be anywhere else. It, no, it's not. It's not Galatasaray. No, it's not. You know the cop. In, in its in its pomp, but it is you know it, it is something that does put hairs on your you know it makes your hair stand on end on your on your arms and stuff. But you know would 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 air horns would would zailers or heaven forbid those vermin things. But would 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 is there something we should consider or just kind of just leave it organic? No, leave it organic. I mean Brent, Brentford. You, you talked earlier about the players coming back and saying that they had a great time at, you know during their careers at Brentford. It is, you know, I'm not just saying this. It is a different kind of club. It's an old-fashioned kind of football club. Um, and we all do stand. There is a direct correlation, yes, between the good football, the exciting football we've been watching lately and a good atmosphere. But that's the way it should be. It's an entertainment business. You know, you don't, you don't sort of, uh, at a gig, you wouldn't expect to sort of have noise or artificial things to add to the atmosphere would you this is similar kind of entertainment and it okay, needs about, to come from the from the from the, from the, the football how about a laser show then there is there is one thing you can do and i mean it is it it, it is because the average age of the attendee at football i would suggest is increasing as well and as you get older um, you tend not to be able to be as vocal. Now, there'll be people who will throw brickbats at me for that. But I, I thinking, you know, what we used to get up to when we were in our teens and early 20s, um, those of us who are uh, approaching uh, seniority in life um, probably can't keep up the chanting for 90 minutes now. You know, the alcohol and the effect of air pollution and possibly too many cigarettes is getting to us. So what you need to do is you is need you, to... Is that, you keep, is that why you keep taking that laughing gas stuff? Exactly, exactly, exactly. That's right, yeah. And why sometimes I ramble on talking absolute rubbish because, you know, um, getting early stages of Alzheimer's. But but no, seriously, I mean, you know, if we can get a younger crowd in, and that's what's important about, you know, being able to offer cheap prices for, 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 for young people, for students, etc. because they, they are, on the whole, the people that tend to create okay. the atmosphere. Yeah, there are a few. Well, no, okay, okay, let me be slightly controversial here then now. We're moving away from that but I, I from what i see my son my son goes with probably between anywhere between six and ten um mates who none of whom would could be dragged there screaming um four or five years ago so they go there willingly now um they've all got season tickets they i, I when i get on the train to go to football i see 
not a platform for, but I see, you know, a really good number of, of uh, 15 to 18 year olds who are making their own way there. You go up when we've been filming back at the, you know, in the mosh pit, you're at the back of Eden Road. It's full of, of I call them kids. I hope that's not patronising, young, young, young men. And, and and women and they 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 put the coats up on 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 the on the on the ledge and they 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 really do have a have a good time so i see the next generation there already i see a lot of younger fans coming through i don't i don't know what the stats are but i would say that our our the proportion of our crowd below 20 is increased um significantly over the last 4 years what when we score in these big games, there are pyrotechnics, there's flares that are thrown, and we, we look at those, or we've been made to, we've been made to look at those as if that's the most heinous crime. These people should be thrown out. You know, then we look at Greek football, we look at Turkish football, we look at some 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 of these you know continental clubs, and these huge walls of fire and smoke and we look at it and go wow uh, you know again in in the states that's that's being encouraged there there are there is safe pyro now it, is that something that we 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 should be encouraging or we should be trying to banish because i i don't i'm personally got a problem with it i don't want to see a 16 year old kid banned from griffin park for life uh, for throwing a firework do you no if it's safe if it's safe then i haven't got a a problem with the sort of red pyrotechnics if it's safe i mean and safety you know for the for the club it's got to be paramount you know um and for the players as well you know and for other fans uh so anything that's safe that you know that adds to that sort of visual uh environment you know i would say yeah fair enough now i know there'll be people saying oh well yeah but you don't like the clappers that's just Personal opinion. I just don't think that they've got a place at football. Um, you know, you, the roar you go for the roar of the crowd, um, not not to listen to that in your ear for for ninety five minutes. You know, it's horrendous. Um, but anything visually that that adds to the experience, I haven't got a problem with that because it goes together with the way the club are very sensibly trying to get better coffee, yeah. better, okay, better burgers, etc. I'm not advocating it you know, per se, but I just sometimes I just think you know that that is the kids the kids seem to be into that and it, that 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 is kind of part of their you know the, the excitement and the buzz they get. I'd rather them be doing that than, than meeting their sort of counterparts of Derby County and tearing it up um, uh, in McDonald's car park. You know, do you know what I mean? I just think I think I'm not saying it's one or the other. Don't get me wrong, but you know I'm, I'm just saying I, I think I think it's pretty harmless on the scale of Foot problems in football, that's that's not really number number one on a Richter scale, I wouldn't say. Anyway, I think we've I think we've given that a good 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 go. Um you know, I, as I said, I, I from what I see around me on match day, I, I see a lot of younger fans and hopefully this the freezing season ticket prices um is gonna encourage that for next season. Yeah, absolutely. And I tell say one thing that makes me really proud when you walk to the ground now. There's a lot of kids, I would say age 10 up to 15 16 coming along you know with with their dad or their granddad or their mum or whatever and they've got the shirts on you know that's fantastic and i remember you know we used to see news reports of these sort of um the, the clinics that the players used to run out at, at various schools 
uh, and all the kids there would have Chelsea shirts on. Now you you see pictures, and they you know one or two of them got Brentford shirts on. That's, that's, that's brilliant. I think I think credit credit for that a lot goes to the football in the community team. Actually, who deserved real props for what they they're doing and um, encouraging all those people to become those young people, young school kids to become Brentford fans rather than as you say, Jim, being picked off by some of the so-called bigger London clubs. So yeah, more power to their elbow, and let's uh, let's uh, let's grow the fan base. I'll drink to that. So we'll we'll go back to this season. We'll go back to looking at the league tables and the ups and the downs after this twang. I always get mixed feelings at the end of the season. Part of me is really relieved. It's just, you know it's always a, a long, hard you know slog for for, for me um, and for all fans that have done a significant amount of fixtures this year. I haven't I haven't done as many as I I have done in in sort of more recent years. Um, and I know Billy's on a hundred percent if he can make it on Saturday. Um, so that's that's a magnificent achievement. I know Nick, you you were a hundred percent last year. Um, and you, you know, and you, you only missed literally a handful the, the season before that. So it's a, it's a huge commitment. Um, the games after Christmas seem to just disappear. Uh, I think you know, breaking breaking the back of the new year seems to be kind of, uh, you know, critical. If you can get to New Year and not miss one, there's a there's a chance you won't. And I I, fe- I fell. At Sheffield Wednesday last year, um, and that's only because I've been there filming two, you know, a couple of weeks before, and it was just like Groundhog Day. I couldn't do it. So, you know, so I think there's a lot of us that need to recharge our batteries, and uh, you know, but for others, season, we always wish the season was going to finish in another six weeks' time because. Got a slight feeling that we would have snuck into the playoffs, or maybe not even snuck in. Maybe we could have actually marched on in. Um, how are you looking? How are you looking forward to the end of the season? Are you, are you kind of are you had enough, Nick, or are you you've got there's more energy there for a few more weeks? Um, no, there isn't actually, because uh, I'm adjusting to doing a long uh, round trip for every home game, and then having to pick and choose the away games as well, and so. Actually, uh, uh, part of me slightly regrets not being in the playoffs. I mean, I was tempted today. Uh, the play, the tickets for uh, Exeter City's playoff game went on sale today, which is May the 18th. And I was tempted to think, should I pick one up? Then quite rightly, uh, I saw that they were only available to regular supporters and they may go on general sale. But... Uh, yeah, this is a, going to be a football off year as well. There's no a football off summer, isn't there? Because there's no Euros, there's no World Cup, so it's going to be a bit quieter, quieter in that respect. Um, I'm I'm actually done. I'm looking. But you forward. need to recharge your batteries. Yeah. I need to recharge my batteries. Yeah. Jim, what's your what's your vibe? I, I you know there's there's a little bit an element of frustration for me because I just think if uh, if we got uh, Hotter and Sergey Canos back. Maybe three or four weeks earlier, we we would be like you say, pushing for the playoffs now. Um, but yeah, I mean, I always do when when come the end of the season, you know, whether it's playoffs or a standard finish, I always do look forward to a bit of a breather um, because obviously every every game, living in the Midlands, every game's an away game for me. So I don't get to as many as you guys, you know, probably do away from home, but. I've been to every home game, and and it does it does take take it out of you, doesn't it? I mean, yeah, I think I think you you two long distance bees aren't, aren't necessarily typical of, of the whole fan base. A lot of people live a lot closer, but I, I think um, 
I think for for anyone, you know, what, as soon as we knew that we we weren't going to go down and, and the playoffs were going to, you know, just elude us, it was kind of a bit of, you know, we, I think we were just looking for. We are my, my, from my perspective, the quicker this season ends, the quicker next one can begin because I'm I'm really I'm really up for next year. Um, yeah. You know, yeah. Hopefully we hopefully it, it proves to be everything we hope it can be, and you know, and we can start we can start the season with a a really progressive attitude rather than I'm not saying. We, we we start with a negative attitude. I don't think we like no one's no one's guilty of that. But I think you know I think we do play it safer until we know that we've got a good chunk of points. We've got thirty six points on the table. Then we kind of go for it a bit more. Yeah. Go, go for it from the get go. One um, thing, Dave. Dave, one thing I did find interesting though was that um, while the first team season ends on Sunday, um, is that the B team uh, their season doesn't end? I think it's uh, till a week on Monday because we're playing Man City. The B team are playing Man City at home a week on Monday. So it seems if you're a B team player, you don't get, you don't not able quite to head off to the uh, beach as fast as the other ones. You know. I can I just say, Dave. It's, yeah, it's just um, in terms of uh, this, the end of this season. I think it's the first time in in many many years for me where we've got to the end of the season, and a I'm thinking. You know, I, w- I wish it wasn't ending. I wish we had another few weeks because, like you say, we're getting the playoffs. But secondly, we haven't, for the first time in a long time, got a major redevelopment job to do on that squad. Um, and I think, it, I mean, and that is great because if we can just get the two key positions that I think we all know we we need to address and keep the and retain the, the rest of the squad that we've got now, I honestly think we'll be pushing next season. I really do. And and that's great because it means that you don't have to sort of bring in six, seven players and start from scratch again because he knows what he's got. He knows that the football's, you know, at times absolutely scintillating to watch. And with those two positions covered, with a bit more competition in those in those areas, I think I think we can hit the ground running. You've been very, very critical or very sceptical of, of the directors of football and the recruitment policy, and um, and and so, you know, rightly, rightly or wrongly, and you know, no, no one's right on this and no one's wrong on this um, at the time they say it. But do you, do you do you feel like now that things have have kind of um, become a lot more clearer since the kind of the the Warburton um, fallout and the the the, the, the loss of you know that that team or a lot of those teams selling those big big name players those big money players and the recruitment policy which got lambasted uh, you know a lot from 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 a lot of people mm-hmm. do, do you feel that it's coming clearer now do, do, do you kind of maybe regret that you were quite so um demanding or do, do you kind of or, or do you know or do you think saying what you said at the time you were right and you know the smoke's starting to clear and people are starting to earn their money now no i think i think that's a good good question and i honestly think that i wouldn't uh, i don't regret anything i said at the time um because i don't believe in a stats only policy because and, and that was the main my main contention that you have to get the right people as well it's not all about stats it's about getting that balance right now, we will go back to the fact that no one ever said it was solely against stats. I don't want to go too. I don't want to go too. But in that case, then the PR wasn't good enough um, 
from the, from the club at the time. Now, I just said what I thought. And I think that as it's evolved, I think to, to a degree, and I, he, he might not ever admit this, but to a degree, Matthew Benham and other people connected at the club have probably reined it back a bit and got the, that equilibrium right. So, so it's not just solely... Uh, this is what we're doing. It's got to be stats only. Um, that was that was the perception anyway. But as time's gone on, it's that that the policy has evolved. There's been a few mistakes with some of the signings, but on the whole, yeah, I think I think it's it's balanced itself out now, and that is that is part of an evolution of a football club, isn't it? I mean, Mark Warburton era was we played some great football, but obviously. You know, the, the, there were things going on behind the scenes that that you know weren't made widely known at the time, um, and I and I honestly think that the football now is is more refined than it was under him, if so you, you like. Are you, are you more confident in the in the, in the kind of the, uh, the football um, set up and the way we're? I mean, because I mean, don't get me wrong, you know. Although we we've looked to the you know to look to um, Britain for, for for Ryan Woods and mm. we're going we're going continental again so so we're not so you know he's he's going to go back the other way and stuff. so are you are you are you more confident in the abilities of of Rasmus and, and Phil Giles in um, and knowing what they're doing to be honest because you know at times they were quite they were they were not saying by you necessarily but. You know, they were called to call into question where we needed a, a, a traditional football person. Do you are you still with that? I tell, I tell you what, it, one big thing to, to my mind is uh, the appointment of Dean Smith is has been pivotal in the sort of development and the way we've moved forward over the past probably season and a half, season and three quarters. I think you know he has. Um, by coming in and, and getting people like John Egan and Ryan Woods, we, we like you say, you know, that in a way was maybe a little bit of an admission that actually we need to to keep that sort of you know that sort of UK kind of identity, if you like. Um, and then the sort of finessing of that once those players were embedded, the finessing of that with people like Joseph Stern, um, you know, and. I mean, I've heard a lot of people criticise Kirschbaumer. He's got—he can see a pass that that lad, you know. He's and and he's bulked up a bit, you know. And next season, I think could be could be the season, you know. Well, when we, I, you know, you're, you're right. And, and, and again, I don't, again, I'm not going to this too deeply because it's sort of kind of a recurring topic on on this podcast. Mm. But I, I think I think it's kind of like a Kirschbaumer's the perfect example of you know the end of last season um, and f- from then on he, he's hardly played this year so mm. you know he, now he's been given his chance but he, he's another one that is an absolute classic example of people once they've made their mind up on someone they're not they're not prepared to change it any other way and he's been pigeonholed as being not very good but well no that's, I, don't, very I don't agree with that I don't think people have said. He's not very good. I think people have that pass, said that, that pass to set up Yanaris on Saturday was just stunning. You know. Yeah, uh, absolutely. Um, well, yeah. I mean, and, so, and Sawyer's, Sawyer's is another one. You know, is, is, do, do, do you feel that the tide's turning with him now? Do you think people have sort of given up on him being this lazy, me, this lazy, lazy player? I mean, I think Romain Sawyer's is absolute quality. 
You know, yeah. you, you won't find many players in this division who can pick a pass like he can. Reverse passes, balls that you, that no one else would play. You know, and hopefully people are starting to see it. But I've been quite surprised by uh, one or two people who I thought understood the game um, down at Griffin Park who still, you know, have a little knock whenever he gets something wrong. I mean, he's going to get something wrong. You know, he's a human being. Um, you know, it, it, it just beggars belief to me. Uh, but to, just to answer your question, you know, I, I, like about uh, Phil Giles and, and Rasmus, you know, clearly now Dean Smith is in place. And I think the, the setup is more stable, if you like. I think... You know, we, we, I mean, Phil, Phil Giles is, is, is clearly, I mean, I've never met him, but clearly comes across as a very intelligent guy. Rasmus, I don't know very much about at all. Um, but I think they, they're being allowed to maybe have more of an impact because Dean Smith is doing such a good, steady job. And he's a Brentford kind of bloke. And that's important. So, can, Dave, can I just leap in? Because I entirely agree with um, Jim about Romain Sawyers. I mean, some of the stuff he does, he's he's an audacious player, and, and audacious players, some of the stuff they'll do won't come off. And it, it really annoys me is that, you know, he can play four or five great balls and people applaud politely. He tries to play a fantastic ball the sixth time and people sort of start moaning um, and that's you know which doesn't come off and that really that, that drives me around the bend the other thing that worries me about Kirschbarmer is that has he played enough games will he stay with us this year that's what worries me um, because he might even his agent might be thinking is it time to move on and I would really like to see Kirschbarmer stay at the club because I think he could be pivotal pivotal to us being a uh, challenging team. He might not start every week, but certainly coming off the bench, he makes a real impact. And there are certain games uh, where I, I would start him and hopefully he'll be a, a key part of the team next year. So, Nick, did you read Ted Knutson's um, article about the signing of uh, Kirschbaumer today and uh, kind of just how um, he was a kind of an unexpected, not a risk-free signing, but... You know, he he's a stat he's a stats signing. Um, yeah, he, he, I definitely I read the article, and I mean, what what Nutson was saying is that it, I think they were all expecting him at the club to take time to evolve, and you know, us as regular supporters have have seen that because you know he came in on Saturday and in a big game and played really well. Um, as I, I go back to what I said earlier, I think it is vital that we hold on to him in the summer. There will be some people saying, why? You know, what's, what's he got to offer to the team? I think he's part of, you know, a squad of 18, 19 players that we'll need next year to challenge for the championship. I mean, going back to the conversation we had slightly earlier, my, my worry is about uh, right back. I see that we've made a signing or, or about to sign uh, somebody possibly to replace Colin. Does that mean Colin is off? Or does it mean that um, we just want to strengthen in that position? But uh, I think at the moment, the stats record of the players that we're signing is is moving very much into the positive column rather than the negative column. Jim was right. We did make a few mistakes in the past, but I think those mistakes have been ironed out. And the ones we seem to be signing now and building and sticking with us are players really want to the future and can drive us on next year. 
Yeah, I've seen the, you know, the, the Danish the Danish kid um, coming in at right back. Um, well, I think we've signed him. So uh, I think I think there is a, a kind of a question mark over Colin. I've got no I've got no firm information about that. But that's that's you know we are gonna we are gonna lose. We're always gonna lose some players for for various reasons, especially when they're you know the, 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 they're overseas lads. Some of them are gonna come over and um, want to stay for a, you know for a longer period. Some of them want to come over and experience it. And then and then if for whatever reason the families or you know. Whatever they, you know, they they want to go back and, and play in their their, their so either, either their homeland or they get other offers. Um, I don't know what's going to happen with Colin. I, I think I think we've seen enough of him to know his class. Um, he's, but I bet you, I bet you, Colin, I bet you, Colin stays in touch with the club and stays in touch with the supporters. I I was walking behind him. Um, he was he was injured on Saturday, and I was walking behind him as he and his girlfriend made their way through Bishop's Park to Fulham Ground. And you know, he his interaction with the Brentford fans and just his general approachability, absolute credit to the man. And yeah. um, you know, that, he was fantastic. That all helps, you know. When when people are making decisions, you know, really, you know, do, do they want to go off into the unknown and start all over again, and you know, or do they just you know they, they they know that they they're respected they know that they've you know pretty much got a, a first team place nailed down because they they are, they are they're that good um i still remember colin's debut up at um at burnley uh beginning beginning into last season and the, from the from the very first moment i saw him i just thought this guy this guy's an international he's you know we're, we're lucky to have him so uh i hope hopefully he'll he'll, he'll you know decide to sort of pledge a little bit more time to us because he could grace the Premiership with Brentford. I've got no 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 question about that. Jim, do you do you, do you, do you sort of concur with that? I do. Yeah, I think he's a quality player who could play at the very highest level. Um, if it, putting a manager's hat on, I'd probably say you know he does have niggled niggling little injuries uh, quite a lot throughout the yeah. season. Good point. Um, you know, and that that's that's got to be a factor because you know. But then on the plus side. It's given Josh Clark the opportunity to to sort of stake a claim, and he's he's never disappointed when he's dropped in there. And that's the other thing, you know. I'd like to see, you know, Shibu given more of a chance up up top. He looks really exciting, and we're getting a lot of young lads coming through now, which is brilliant, absolutely brilliant. To, to yeah, see. I mean, it's certainly certainly not going to be scaring me too much if we got Rico Henry and Josh Clark <laughs> at right and left back. Yeah, I think they need they need backup. We've got Tom Field on the left, but. We, we probably do need someone else for Josh because Josh obviously gives you a proper wing back um, option. Sometimes you you know with a with a bigger team, you know, maybe you just need someone who's a, a more solid defender. Um, but again, uh, as we as we saw on Saturday with Josh Clark, and that is not criticising not Abby Gerdin, but I think he was slightly out of his depth on Saturday. Yeah. One uh, thing we, one thing I would say about Saturday though, you know. Um, the ethos within the club is to have the B team playing the same way that the first team plays. Um, and that was a stated sort of objective of the club uh, when the B team was set up. And I, when Zane Westbrook came on, I sort of looked around me and there were people sort of shaking their heads. Um, he's going to be like a rabbit in the headlights. But I watched him. I watched him for sort of the whole 15 or so minutes he was on. And he did he, the simple sort of shadowing job. Uh, he was tidy. He was neat. And there was one little incident on the edge of uh, 
edge of the Fulham box as we were attacking, where he joined in the one-touch kind of football that we were playing to try and, you know, carve a carve a way through. He did not look out of place with that. Yeah, 15 minutes, you can't tell too much. Adrenaline's roaring through, I should imagine. But, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a testimony to the setup that is in now in place there and the fact that Dean Smith has said, no, I trust you. I trust you for 15 minutes. Go on, show me what you can do. You know, not many managers would have done that. And we know, we'll go, let's go back to the beside podcast that we did about the um, the B team when Rob Rowan talked about the um, the non-negotiables, the the the, um, the 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 players, the amount of players that Dean Smith's been told that he has to have travel with him on a match day, have around the dressing room, um, to to blood um, in the in the first team, um, to have training with him with the, with the first team, and again, you know, as you, you so you rightly say, Jim, it's kind of it's testament to that kind of forward inclusive thinking that these players can step up and and not feel not feel kind of I'm sure he had a bag of nerves but you know we, we were just as nervous as, as he was so we're we're as guilty as the big match getting to us as anyone else you know so it's, it's, it's difficult to you know to kind of expect a, a you know a rookie to come in and it not affect them but he, he didn't put a foot wrong. He didn't. He, he didn't look lightweight. He, he wasn't a liability. He didn't keep giving the ball away or anything like that. So, um, I think it was the. It, it looked risky at the time, but it was probably the right thing to do. He'll probably look back in five years and really thank Dean for, for putting him on. So, conspiracy theories—they abound. We're not talking about. Did, did man really put foot on the moon? We're not talking about did Roger de Corsi really have Nookie Bear married? Or what we're talking about is um, Blackburn Rovers and not in a forest and Brentford's part in the downfall of one of those two. Jim, talk me through some of the rumours that you've been hearing. Uh, they're not so much rumours as, as sort of fears that. Uh, as I just said, my, my lad works as a PE teacher, school in Nottingham, and he's had kids coming up to him all week sort of saying, you know, will Brentford just uh, just leave it and not, not bother on Sunday? Will they, you know, will they just put out all their B-team players? Um, and he's, he's basically said to them, look, obviously I don't know, but um, Brentford normally aren't that kind of club to do that to other clubs. Um but obviously, the conspiracy theory is that, you know, Mark Warburton's in charge at Forest, um, and that that it would be very easy for uh, certain personalities within the, the club at Brentford to uh, teach him a little lesson on Sunday. Um, I would personally be very, very disappointed if we don't go out to win the game. Um, it, you know, I think. Any, as I say, it's the entertainment business again. We're going there to watch Brentford win. I want to, yeah, I w- yeah. I'm, I wouldn't mind if there's a couple of B team players put on the pitch for the last twenty. If we're two up, that's fine. Maybe even three. Put them, you know, put three on. But if we were in the position of uh, Birmingham City or Forest or Blackburn, we we would expect the team that you know held our fate in their hands to. To sort of treat the the competition with with respect. So let me get, so hold on, Jim. Let me get this right. Okay, let me get this right. So, former European champions Nottingham Forest, and 
former Premiership winners, Blackburn Rovers, are hoping Tim Pot Brentford can do them a favour and keep them in the same division as us. Is that's that... about that's about the sum of it. It's great, isn't it? Yes. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's just kind of. Hmm. And don't forget, uh, don't forget, um, League Cup winners, Birmingham City as well. Yeah. Well, I, well, you know what I think about Birmingham City. Um, yeah, yeah, we, we can't sing that song anymore. No, um, uh, but yeah. you know, I, I just, I just think that if you're going to, st- I mean, I, you know, I think Huddersfield playing, making ten changes when they played uh, Birmingham the other day, I, you know, I think the club should be fine for that. I, I well, they made think... they made ten changes when they played Man City, and no one moaned about that. So. Although I did see a rather fantastic tweet today saying. Uh, What's it? Somebody said about um, QPR. They uh, they made ten changes or something, or didn't try uh, on Saturday, and they that they're not getting fined. Something like that. It was quite it was quite good. Well, but, QP, uh, QPR have been trying all season. I mean, if you talk to some of their their fans, you know, <laughs> who tells the difference? I mean, you you missed the other you missed the other good conspiracy theory, which is apparently apparently Dean Smith was Toby Mowbray's best man at his wedding. I think that's so, true. I don't think that's a theory. It, it's it's not true, is it? All right, okay. I wonder whether that was. Uh, I wonder whether, if that is true. That really does. I mean, that that would be quite funny, actually. Watch uh, that makes you means we'll definitely have to be watching for the handshakes uh, before and particularly after the game. I I I just hope that Brentford uh, and there are all sorts. Brentford will want to finish in a high position, and I think we can reach. Um, I haven't got the table in front of me. Can we reach ninth? I think. Eight. I think it's fair to say, you know, I think we can well, we can scrape that conspiracy theory into the bin. I don't think Brentford players, Brentford manager, any any Brentford fan gives one stuff about Blackburn or not. Sorry. No, I mean, an eighth place, eighth place. I bet you I, I bet you there are two things, one of which is I bet you there is uh, the players are on a, a bonus for the, uh, you know, every league position that, that, that they reach and, and two and we get some more money for eight, eighth place so you know I mean I've no doubt that the, the club will go for it it's, it's I just, think it's, you know. it's just not an issue it just isn't it's, it's just it's a it's a it's a silly newspaper story that doesn't happen you know there's no way on God's earth that we're going to play better or worse for any other reason apart from our own, Blackburn and Forest just don't come into the thinking about this game. But say. Huddersfield, but Huddersfield did it. Oh, it, Jim, it, but there is a difference. Sorry, there is also a difference. Is that we are one of the televised games? Yeah, yeah. yeah but Huddersfield were resting players for for games that they know that have got coming up. They weren't they weren't resting it for for you know for just for 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 any other reason. No, but they still had an impact on the relegation. Sort of yeah. situation. It's, 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 uh, and that's not very, fair. Very different set of circumstances. Yeah. Though, I've just remembered that tweet, by the way. The exact details were that uh, QPR have been fielding a weakened side all season and they haven't been fine. <laughs> I just went on about weakened, just shit. <laughs> <laughs> but, so, uh, but, but, so can I can I tell my son to reassure the uh, the people, uh, the kids at his school, that, that, that Brentford will, you know, give it their best shot no no he, he needs to tell them that we're just going to roll over I think okay. that's what he needs to tell them okay. we want we want those kids scared that's what we want. <laughs> that's cruel tears at tea time is what we want <laughs>
Matt, we're gonna we're gonna wrap this one up tonight. It's been a it's been a little bit shortened tonight because um as I said we're a little bit jaded from uh, from Saturday, um, from Sunday, Saturday and Sunday. Yeah. So let's go, let's go let's go to Saturday. Let's go to Griffin Park. Let's stick our bees bees scarves and hats on and our bonnets, and let's make a prediction of what kind of game it's going to be and what the outcome's going to be. Jim, my prediction is that if you turn up on Saturday, there'll be nobody there. Um, but if you turn oh, up on you Sunday... you know what I mean, you pedant. <laughs> if you turn up on Sunday, I think... Uh, I mean, you know, on paper, we should we should easily beat Blackburn, but obviously there's that... Yes, but the yeah. game's paid on grass, though, Jim, isn't it? Yes. <laughs> so I would say 2-1, Brentford. Nick? Uh, can I also remind people to turn up for midday on Sunday? Because if you turn up at three o'clock, you'll have missed the fun and excitement. So midday Sunday, I reckon that by two o'clock, we'll be celebrating a 3-1 victory to the bees, And Blackburn will be going down and crying on the telly. Like your style, Mr. Liberal. That's exactly the same scoreline as I'm going to go for. I'm if we're if, well, I was going to say three-one. Um, as you've already bagsed it, I'm going to go four-one instead. Um, and I, I think that we'll go two-nil up, and it will just break Blackburn. And um, I, I, you know, I'm desperately sorry for any genuine fan that sees their team relegated from this division. Can you? Can you only? Can you think how we would feel if we were getting relegated back to League One? I just think it was just so such a scary thought, Nick. Dave, I'm, I'm of course sorry for the fans. Any loyal fans, particularly of Blackburn, don't deserve what they come. But really interesting that the two teams, uh, one, the two teams that are threatened with relegation this Sunday, are both owned by overseas owners who simply don't understand it and the sooner the Venkis get out of Blackburn the better and I think the Forest fans would say the sooner that their owners get out the better too. Let's have people in football like Matthew Benham who understand what to running and the passion behind a football club is all about you know. Quite agree and, well, also, and, obviously, and obviously Birmingham and the other club and, you know they're, they're owned by a, a strange foreign Entity as well. So anyway, I don't. I don't mind people being foreign. Foreign owners are fine, but it's people who actually care about football clubs and see football clubs as part of a community and and understand the passion that fans have for their own clubs. And it's quite clear that the owners of Forest and the owners of Blackburn, I have demonstrated that they don't have that. As for instance, the owner of Orient, who have left mm. them up shit creek without yeah. a paddle. Once again, a timely reminder really of exactly how far we've come as a as a football club that we're contemplating finishing eighth you know and for the third and a fourth season in the championship it's just magnificent yeah. well i'll leave it on that i'll leave that on that upbeat soundbite from jim jim levac there you're right we've, we've come a long way and um there's still a little bit further to go hopefully and we will find out whether it's going to be our year next year um, and what kind of year and we'll see i'm just well, i can't wait for that journey to begin next week we have hopefully got something very special we will be crawling back out of our virtual world back into the real pub world um and we're gonna have our besotted end of season podcast we there was about 10 or 12 of us around 
table in the globe last year um it was a lively one it was a good one with lots lots of best of lots of lots of kind of polls lots of um engagement we might we might try and open it up we might try and get a crowd down we, we haven't got the venue sorted out we might open it up on a, on a monday next monday and we might sort of uh, get get as many people that want to come down and and, and enjoy the, the last the last kind of regular podcast of the clo- of the season. There's going to be plenty ongoing on and besotted during the close season. We're gonna we're gonna um, relaunch the website. Um, that we've done in a couple of weeks. There's lots of this. There's a whole range of t-shirts that are going to be coming out. Um, there's some really big news about um, a big book of Griffin Park, which I'll um, I'll share with you. Um, it should be out for Christmas, but. I'll share the details with you in, the, in, a, in a couple of weeks. Um, lots going on. Um, our energy is not going to wane away. We're going to take a bit of a breather and then we're going to come back all guns blazing. Um, so thanks you very much for listening to us. As I said, I don't know if you, know you picked up on the uh, podcast from the Fulham game. We went past our two millionth YouTube viewer um, last week. We've done our half a millionth podcast listener um this week too so thank you all very much for for supporting us and listening to our output watching our output um and and just kind of enjoying it so there's clearly there's clearly a big vibe growing that's that's going nowhere so thank you once again to nick carfew um liberal nick um look forward to seeing you next week hopefully Jim, I know you live further afield. You probably won't be able to join us in the boozer, but thank you for coming on tonight. Um, thank you for contributing so regularly to Besotted website. Everyone loves what you write. Um, and after three, what do we normally say at the end of a podcast? Come, come on, Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See McDonald's.com. Even on a budget, quality is non negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered. By fans.